Hello, welcome back to the Human Up Podcast. This is episode 12, Take Back Your Mind. Man, I've wanted to do this for quite quite a while, okay? Not just because the last time I recorded and put out a, uh, an episode has been a while, um, but because this theme might be one of the biggest breakthroughs that I've had in my life in the last five to 10 year-ish frame. And, you know, maybe there's a lot of people out there that this, uh, this idea of taking back your mind wouldn't hit as hard, okay? Part of what I'm doing right now is really to address um, the, the kind of people that I've, I have been around a lot in my lifetime in the kind of spiritual communities, new age communities, meditation, yoga, breath communities um, that fancy themselves to be forward thinking, ironically, and yet are anti-mind and and may not even know it. Um, And so this, this is geared for everybody. This will be useful for everybody, even if you don't seem to have some a particular mind phobia, I call it. Um, and perhaps you celebrate the intellect and you celebrate logic and you celebrate reason uh, and you celebrate science and, and these m- aspects that people on the new age side of the spectrum or the spiritual side of the spectrum uh, oftentimes dismiss as a kind of, um, uh, you know, heady issue like to think to to think is is a problem is a block is something in the way and in in a certain way they are right but there's a grave mistake being made as this ideology of this anti-mind anti-thought anti-thinking ideology f- has formed and i've watched it uh you know develop into uh, <laughs> an industry of anti-mindism that has uh, really characterized the spiritual mindset and the new age mindsets um, uh, l- largely. Let's just be honest. It really is um, an issue. And the reason I take to this so so passionately is because I know what it feels like to adopt that view uncritically, mind you, you adopt that view of a kind of, oh, get out of your head and into your heart, head bad, thinking bad, thinking equals you're in your head, and that's bad. So get out of your head and get in touch with your feelings. And that's where I want to say there is something true about that. There is something maybe as a step along the way to that's helpful for for when somebody is indeed heady. And I want to, I want to, make a strong distinction early on in this offering between heady, the word heady, which is stuck in your head, overanalyzing things, but to no end and in a way that creates headaches and impasse in your life. Okay, that's heady, dysfunctional mind. Yes. Dysfunctional thinking. Yes. I'm drawing a major distinction, difference between that and the mind, the mind, or even just mind in itself, is awesome, is everything, is nothing short of life-giving. 
And what we what's ironic about this whole anti-mind movement, stop thinking movement, is that they're using thought and reason to conclude that reason ought to be uh, dismantled and uh, demoted from its position of power and influence in favor of, and here's the other half of it, feelings, right? Feelings. Feelings aren't mind. Feelings are body and emotions and music or whatever people tell themselves that feelings are outside of the mind. But I'm hoping in this journey today to really help you hit slow motion on that move, because that's a move and a rational move, mind you, not, not based in good reason or in healthy mind, but it's a rationalization. Again, another distinction between heady and mind is rationalization is heady. Reason is mind. Reason is sanity. Reason is truth. Reason is healthy thinking, healthy thought, healthy encounter with reality, healthy dialogue with reality. Dialogue is a key word here too, because what? We're not here in a vacuum. We're not here by ourselves. The whole name of the game of reality between every iota of every aspect of reality, and certainly between every person and sentient being, is what? Dialogue. The beautiful, rational, and felt art form and science of coexisting and co-arising, to pull from Buddha's teachings, the co-arising of one another, of the self with the sacred other, the thou, the I and the thou, is the essence of this beautiful natural matrix of the universe is two matrices. I've talked about the matrix effect in a previous episode. Well, there's the dysfunctional matrix, the synthetic matrix, the one that we construct, uh, not in terms of creating computers and all that, but a deeper matrix, a matrix of the network of our thinking, which is stuck in old, dead, uh, dysfunctional patterns of logic and thinking. Okay, so when we say get, a, get away from thought, we want to just clarify from here on out. When we say stop thinking, we should really say stop ill thinking, let's call it, or stop dysfunctional thinking. Don't throw away the mind. And this brings us to the title of this show, which is Take Back Your Mind. The reason I'm so passionate about it is because I remember when I finally took back my mind. After years of having adopted this ideology, this very unhealthy ideology that's based in a kind of um, self-privileging righteousness of the new age spiritual person who heard the idea, get out of your head and into your heart, and they thought, wow, that's good. Head bad, heart good. I'm going to be a heart person now, not a head person. I'm going to be a feeling person now, not a thinking person. And not realizing how deadly of a move, how crippling of a move that is to make. And I want to speak to those of you out there who didn't know that hit you, or maybe those of you who do know that hit you, and even those of you who feel like that never hit you. That ideology, that mindset, that attitude and that you didn't adopt it, even if you didn't adopt it, this is going to be helpful for you because it'll help you 
uh, grasp what is so amazing about mind. Because there, guys, there is dysfunctional mind. That's, in fact, that's the essence of this whole show in a very big way. The whole Human Up podcast endeavor is to call out that dysfunctional level of thinking. There is dysfunctional thinking. The whole point of this episode is to say, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yes, just because there is dysfunctional thinking and we do want to free ourselves from that, don't make the mistake of doing away with mind, thought, reason, and logic. The word logic comes from logos. The word logos is the infinite light of reason. It is, it is to uh, the, the, the mind, to the human, to the person, to the consciousness, as the sun is to the world, or any star is to the, to the universe, right? The, the lighting up of the logos is like, uh, what we're doing is if the logos has been eclipsed, by the unhealthy mind, we are ending that eclipse. We are removing that eclipse factor so that we can bask in the awesome light of the healthy and whole mind, which does not dualize and separate and compartmentalize and cut off the head from the heart and the feelings from the thought and all of those moves. You have to understand the people who are champion feelers, champions for feelings, and by the way, <laughs> If you ever took my yoga class, you probably never have experienced somebody emphasizing feeling more than I have. And if you have, please connect us because we're going to be, you know, simpatico and, and uh, we're going to team up. Um, I am a major advocate for feeling, but not devoid of the mind, not this false move of feeling equals anti-thought, anti-mind. This is the crux of this whole thing. And hopefully by the end of this offering, you will go, oh my God, I too shall take back my mind from this point forward. That's my goal here for you today. And, and so one of the ways that this is manifested, in fact, I just had this conversation with a dear friend of mine just a few nights ago over dinner, and we were talking about this anti-mindism and how these spiritual, in quotes, uh, teachings um, that, that talk about you must stop your thinking, stop your thoughts, you must, you must learn to quiet your mind. Um, or get out of your head and into your heart is another big New Age slogan. Um, these moves uh, ha are, are crippling because if you don't know how to unplug them, pull the rug out from underneath them, as it were, you, in a way, can't fend them off. And you'll absorb them, as many do, as I did. And as soon as you're... you're you're, first of all, the logos, the logos is the call. Think of the word logos almost like the word for the infinite or a word for love or a word for intelligence, supreme intelligence, right? And humans have access to this field and it is the source of everything. Every iota of awareness is funded and made possible by the infinite connectivity of the rational light of the logos it is supreme. It is awesome. And if you've ever made a sentence, you tapped the logos. If you ever had a thought, you tapped the logos. If you ever had a feeling, you tapped the logos. If you ever had a sensation, you've tapped the logos. In other words, there is no experience. And there's a key word. The word experience is another word that's closely related to what? 
body, feeling, tangible. Oh, I experienced that. Now I know it. I'm tired of us talking about all this stuff. I just want to go and experience. I want to get my hands in the dirt, right? That kind of thing. And there is something to that. But again, what is it? Really ask yourself this. What is it? Why do we have to do away with the mind in, old, in order to bolster up this concept, concept of experience, feeling? There's a mind phobia involved here. There's a slight of mind being used to slight the mind, okay? And this is where we start to get to the heart of the dysfunctionalness. If you can really hit slow motion with me, we're doing it right now. When someone decides, that means they use their mind to draw a conclusion via a rational process that says the mind is dysfunctional and bad and the feelings are better and superior, the feelings are real. Thoughts are just empty and vacuous. That's a, that is a rational move. The mind is the brain, and it's just mental processes, and they're, and they're, uh, they're getting in the way. And so the mind is bad. I'm going to resort to the feelings. That, what I just expressed, is a rational process. And women, I speak strongly to you because it is a very central theme to the feminist movement, which I am a complete and total advocate of and for in its truest essence. Because what feminism is born out of is a legitimate manifestation of a sick version of mind embodied and represented by mostly males through history in the form of male dominance, in the form of suppression of the feminine, of, the, of nature, of, of women, uh, the unfairness. You know, I mean, we're, still, we're still having to fight so that women get equal pay to men. And that is just ridiculous. Okay, but it's symptomatic of something. And if we just go, oh, men and their patriarchal way of thinking, I'm going to be not like men. I'm going to be women. What do women have that men don't? We have the feelings. We've got we've got dibs on the feelings and the body and body intelligence and 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 uh growing children from our bodies and 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 we've got we've got more we're more in touch with sensual and all of this and and it's and you would be largely <laughs> you would be largely correct based on the history that we have witnessed and experienced but if you step back the logic that leads to that conclusion is the same exact logic behind the patriarchal way of thinking that you purport to be champions of bringing down. Why are you using the same kind of separatist logic to try to overcome it in the name of feminism, in the name of women power? If you really want to take back the women power, go higher than the men. Go higher than the, the mental processes and the functions of the male version of thinking that you detest, and rightfully so. But don't make the mistake of conflating the gender with the phenomenon. 
Because then you could just be in a reaction backlash in which you are permanently engaged and married to that which you are fighting on the same level that manifested that that symptom of what we can call right now the patriarchy, the patriarchal domination of thought and logic over our feminine feeling, emotion. Enough of that. We're done with you men in the name of women. So there's a, there's a, there's a mind, these minds, all of these moves we're making to what? To try to get some breathing room for our feelings, to try to get some breathing room to what? To be. That's what human up is all about. Human up means we have to human up. Where? Where does that happen? Do I climb up my, my human body on a higher mountain and then I'm, I'm higher? No, it's not a physical humaning up in that way. We have to human up our consciousness, our mind. We have to transcend the dysfunctional mind and rise into true mind, the healthy mind, if we are to overcome it and stop resorting to the same bad logic to try and solve the problems that are generated by that bad logic. Feminists that want to overcome the patriarch domination, and rightfully so, don't use the same logic that leads to that manifestation of that symptom. You must rise above it. Don't demand that you have equal rights to be patriarchal, <laughs> right? Okay, that's one example. Feelers, if, you, if it's not a matter of feminism per se, you can be a man too and, and you're anti-mind. You must quiet the mind, stop the mind, and, and, and exalt the heart. So we're gonna, what are we going to do? We're just going to, I'm just, just not, there's gonna, not going to be any thoughts. I'm not going to have any thoughts. I'm just going to shut off my head and just be a, a feeling heart that doesn't have any mind or any observer or anybody encountering it or processing it. Give me a break. There are no feelings without the consciousness, without the being there, the person encountering, experiencing. Experiences mind. Mind experiences matter. Matter experiences mind. It's not a dualism as we've been taught to believe. There's not a dualism between masculine and feminine the way we've been taught to believe. There's not this dualism between mind and thought up here, and then body and feelings down here. It's enough of that. That's the same old dysfunctional thinking. So if you don't know how to stop, as I've been showing you over these last 10 minutes, 15 minutes, how to slow down and see just all the moves that we're making that are rationalizations based in ill logic to push away what is actually the way out of the illogic, which is healthy logic, source logic, the logos, the mind, the awakened mind, the, su the, the, the superior mind, which by the way, we all have access to it. It's not fancier. It's not more complicated. It's more simple. In fact, one could argue that it's infinitely more simple. The, the real mind is a simplifier. It crystallizes, issues crystallize in the, in the higher mind, the superior mind. Without that mind in our, in, our, in our shutdown minds, in our dysfunctional minds, we have confusion and conflation and 
uh, contradiction and all kinds of manifestations of what is essentially malpractice of the mind. Now, here's the kicker. There is nobody who has been spared from this malpractice worldwide and all stages of uh, civilization across the planet. Any country, any religion, any race, from indigenous to the, you know, the top floor of the highest skyscraper in the world. Okay, it's, we're all equally and in different ways exposed to the same malfunction of thought and thinking. Now, we can argue that, okay, let's say in the, for indigenous peoples who are more in touch with nature and are living with nature, they can absolutely be argued that they're obviously more in touch with a healthier way of being with the environment. Again, back to that idea of co-arising, I and thou, right? The, in, the, in the ill mind, the normalized ill mind and thinking that characterizes modern day humanity, everything gets turned into an I and it. The other becomes an it. We objectify everything. Think of it like a, like a software program in your mind that tells the mind how and tells you how, how to encounter the world around you. And it, this software or malware, more appropriately, makes everything into a thing, meaning an object, meaning stuff, meaning dead. Yes, even living beings are being objectified by default. That's how we can come to a place eventually of war, uh, violence, manslaughter, child abuse, rape, that just all these things, how are humans capable of that? I'll tell you how. The malware that we have inherited from generation to generation of no particular one's design, stop pointing your fingers at those elusive members at the top of society that you think are pulling the strings. Everybody is pulling the strings together. While at the same time, none of us are really in our true free will. So it's like, we think we're free, but we're not. And we've all been, we're all co-creating the puppet master effect. We're all in this co-creation of the, think about, think about how the culture works, how you, you, you're born and you're just this beautiful, innocent child, right? And you immediately getting imprinted constantly by the, 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 the love that you're receiving or the unrequited love or the unmet needs of the child or the met needs and anything in between in that spectrum as we grow and our parents make mistakes and, and they say, no, that's bad. And, oh, that's, that, that, that's gross. Don't touch that. Or, ooh, that that's not okay. And, and, they, and think about just the way we just get all these lessons and we're, we're learning all the kinds of ins and outs of society around us based on our culture. And while they're widely varied around the country, I mean, around the world, they all have the same uh, uh, technology, if you will, behind them, the same uh, code in operation behind whatever language you speak and whatever culture you're brought up in and whatever ideology characterizes that culture. It's all the same thing. What? You come into the world and you're getting imbued and saturated with the teachings, both explicitly and maybe even by far way more subliminally. I mean, it's 
we, we do learn a lot in terms of literal, intentional transmission of this is something I'm teaching you, kid, right? But so much of what we absorb is in what isn't said. So we learn a lot about love by how much it's not, our need for love is not met, right? You don't have to have somebody say, I hate you, to feel the damaging effects of our society's inability to really, truly love one another. And we know parents love their children, but every single parent that ever was (laughs) and is right now knows this to be true, and I'm a parent. You know how many times you just wanted to run from the whole scene. How many times you just felt like you couldn't be the compassionate, ever patient, loving and forgiving presence of this godlike parent that you you were you just so sorely could not meet that standard and you know I know <laughs> that you know <laughs> what I'm talking about. And and so we are we don't have that love that's met and we're getting all this information from our from our culture, from our family, from our siblings, from our school, from the from the media, and now through through social media and all this, all these different ways that what what are we doing? We're learning so much. We're 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 co-creating the ins and outs of society, how you ought to act, what gets likes, and what gets thumbs down on on you know whatever your posts are, whatever. Think about the technology is facilitating an, an acceleration in the transmission of what what we're all deciding kind of together. What's in and out? Now there's going to be some people who are more, uh, you could say, cultural creatives or cultural destructives would probably be more uh, appropriate. But you know, certain people who are more of influencers. You hear that word, influencers. Um, you know where. Not everybody maybe is, is having the same degree of influence, but we're all complicit in the co-creation and perpetuation of these codes of conduct that govern our lives. And whatever um, variety there is of, of, of codes of conduct and behaviors on the planet, they all trace back to the same root issue way back in the in the in the ones and zeros of your of your mind operation process that is objectifying everything we can be nice objectifiers guys we can be really sweet people really caring i just want to love and be loved and i just want everyone to get along and i want to do selfless service. You can be really an awesome person. This is not about putting anyone down. This is about recognizing how deep the disease goes, how long-standing it is, and how difficult it is to overcome, especially if you don't know what's going on. And so this dysfunctional level of the mind, which is constantly objectifying everything and chopping everything up, okay? When we look at reality, we draw lines around everything. You know, there's a border around everything. Look at a map. When we look at a map, we're looking at a prime example of how m- ma- humankind's lens, our lens, our objectifying lens, superimposes itself on reality. The earth, if you look at the earth from outer space, do you see any lines, any borders? I know, of course, there's... there's, there's uh, the meeting place of the ocean and the coastline and stuff like stuff like that, of course. But I'm talking about, do you see drawn borders between countries, 
counties, states, uh, you know, continents, all that. No, you don't. You don't. But we, when we think about Earth, think about the planet or think about places, we absolutely do that. And so a, a map makes those borders and that borderlining very obvious. But imagine how many ways we're drawing borders and we don't see them literally, but we're borderlining everything. So when you objectify something, think of it like this. When you look at a person, their container, their border is their skin, right? So if you think, well, the person ends at their skin, but then you get up in that person's face, what are they going to say? Whoa, 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 personal space, back off, right? Right? Well, what do you mean personal space? You're just a, you're an object and you're, you've got only, uh, you can, you only take up your, your, uh, enough space up to the surface of your skin. And so I can do anything I want right up to that. We of course know that that's not true, right? You know, you're going to get, you're going to get punched in your face if you just go get up in people's space, right? In other words, what I'm trying to say is if we just stop and look at it, nothing actually is separated uh, by the by the borderline that we draw around, pick anything, a tree, an animal, an apple, a person, you know, but we are in fact doing that both literally in, a, in physical space, but also in Temporal space, meaning in time, minutes, seconds, hours, days, weeks, months. Meanwhile, what is time? If we, if you just do this thought experiment with me for a second, take away the whole grid work of humans, take away the year 2021, take away the, the uh, or whatever year it is when you're listening to this, take away the, the grid work of the months and the weeks and the days and the hours and the minutes and the seconds. Just... The grid's gone. Take away the lines that go past, chop, present, chop, future. Take those lines away that separate that, what you got. They're all superimpositions, guys, and we're living with them. We're living with a, a, a mind that is obsessed with compartmentalizing, separating, dividing, chopping, severing, Splitting, dualizing, that's the, that's the matrix. The matrix is the unbelievably intricate and diverse web of every human being on the planet's participation in the objectifying malpractice of the mind as it plays out in our lives and in our language in our communication, in our inventions, in our travels, in our interactions and relationships, we're creating, we're co-creating a kind of invisible matrix that is deadly. It's asphyxiating. It's suffocating. It kills us, guys. We're dying from a kind of normalized asphyxiation of being. We can't be, but it's not because of the mind. It's because of the malware that has been instilled in us via our culture, wherever you are. This really simplifies it because it becomes equal opportunity. Men, yes. Women, equally. You want equal opportunity? You, have, you need to take equal responsibility for the same mental malpractices and don't try to scurry away into feelings as a safe 
somehow safe space outside of thought and outside of mind and outside of accountability for your malpractice of the mind. In other words, mind phobia is really responsibility phobia. And it's an easy, and, and we keep hearing this term about gaslighting, which goes hand in hand with narcissism. Narcissism, what is that? A narcissist is somebody who's not treating other people like people, but everybody is an object that serves them. That's, narcissism is a product of this objectifying mind. And so when, 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 a, when somebody says, you know what, you're being a narcissist, let's say, or, or says you do this, you know, not even calling him a narcissist, like you do this, this, and this, and, and this is how you made me feel. What does that person do usually? They go, well, what about when you da 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 and just throw it back at you. I'm giving you a very, very <laughs> vague kind of example, but you know what I'm talking about. When you're like, hey, when you did this, that really hurt me. And that person never goes, God, I'm so sorry. I, it was never my intention. I'm really sorry. I'm going to try to change that. That would be like a healthy response. And some people, of course, do do that. But how many times have you experienced somebody go like, well, what about when you blah, 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 blah? <laughs> and they just come right back at you and take no responsibility, right? And so that is called gaslighting. That's like, instead of, if there's a problem, there's an issue going wrong, and this person, this narcissist is, is responsible for generating that problem uh, in their avoidance of taking responsibility, what do they do? They continue to avoid taking responsibility and deflect and try to make you the reason. So if you've got a problem with me, that's your stuff, right? That's, that's called gaslighting. Now, it's really easy to point at somebody in our lives who's like that. Can you look at yourself and see on the deeper level, like not just, you may not act like a narcissist, but look at the function of pointing outward at something else as the problem, including saying mind. You know, the mind is in you <laughs> in a way. And you could say mind bad. That's another form of gaslighting. Gas or gaslighting the mind is what I'm trying to say. And that is, that's what this whole, this offering is about. Take back your mind. Because when you take back your mind, meaning you, you what, what do you need to do in order to take back your mind? You need to see what I'm showing you right now. You need to see the, the, the blatant, when you slow down and just look at it and be smart, you know, just be it's actually just common sense. All I'm doing is common sense. There's nothing fancy about this. Just look, this person's putting down the mind. How are they doing that? With the mind. They're using the mind to say that, they're using the mind to make a statement that has truth and validity on rational grounds that is designed to put down reason and mind. It's a gross contradiction. And people are getting away with it left and right. And, and, and less practiced minds in the art of, 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 of logos, healthy reason, we fall prey to that. All, all we need to do is encounter, you know, the reason I feel so strongly about this is, you know, the younger version of me was just this, I mean, I, I, I looked up to everybody as my, in my nature. I just, if you said something with conviction, I believed you, you know, I just, I took it in because I was so eager to learn and, and I, I didn't, you know, when I look back on myself, I think, wow, that's, his, even though I was kind of nar narcissistic in a way for sure, like really self-absorbed just as just young minds tend to be, 
I really didn't feel the need to be better than anyone or, or uh, be right. I didn't feel the need to be right and you wrong. Like some people have that. But the downside of that is if somebody spoke something as though they were speaking infallible truth, I would buy it. I didn't have the ability to go, wait a second. You just said that you need to get out of your head and into your heart. How did you come to that conclusion? Did you use mind to put down the mind? Because that would be a gross contradiction and therefore it would prove that your point is actually bunk. I didn't, I couldn't do that. Somebody said, get out of your head and into your heart. And I went, okay. (laughs) And I took that and I took it on. I even brought into my lyrics, you know, um, of my songs of, you know, this kind of anti-mindism. And I brought it into my yoga classes and, and I didn't realize what I was doing. And over the course of of the last 20 years, really, since I I started to get really exposed to this mindset, I saw the contradictions over and over and over and over and started to realize, wait a second, (laughs) Uh, something's not right here. And that's what I'm asking you guys to do. Like, you don't have to go through 20 years of getting pummeled by a, a, a really bad thought form. When I say thought form, I mean like an ideology, a mindset, a, a, a belief or belief system that is actually not grounded in reality or love for that matter. And, 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 and I, I reiterate, guys, I'm not saying get away from your feelings and into your mind. That would be the same move. I'm saying get out of your, 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 your ill practice of mind because that's cutting you off from your feelings. Can you have feelings? People have feelings all the time even under the tyranny of this malware that I keep on calling out, this objectifying mind, we're still capable of having feelings, but they're, they're ill feelings. Even pleasurable feelings, good feelings, or little moments of, of reprieve, uh, like a, we all have those moments of being in the zone or a moment of being in lo- falling in love or a moment of witnessing just a beautiful scene in nature. And we'll have a, like a little moment where the clouds part, so to speak, and we just go, ah, and then it goes away re- just as quick as it appeared. And we think, I, I got to get that back. I got to get that back. You know, feelings. I want feelings. I want those feelings. That's what I want was that. You didn't realize that what that fe- what a, what brought that feeling about was a parting. What are the clouds that are parting? The clouds of the ill mind. When, the, when that happens for us, it's the ill mind that's parting and the real mind that's revealing. And that's what you need to see. And so are we going to just live our lives with the objectifying mind running the show in a kind of normalized narcissism and self-privileging and and then be okay with with basically squeezing whatever drops of of pleasure we can get from life you know by squeezing it out of our partners and squeezing it out of our sensual pleasures such as food or sex or or squeezing it out of getting attention or squeezing it out of uh, Facebook and, and Instagram and and you know I want attention I want likes and we're we're all trying to we're all like trying to draw the, the validation out from society around us and we're, we're withering and shriveling under our own narcissistic 
weight. It's just become this behemoth of, of epic proportions that we're, that's, we're getting crushed under. And if we want that life, we don't. I know we don't want that life. Then carry on as you, as you are. But if you are sick of that, and you are tired of this, okay, I got to quiet my mind now. I, gotta, I can't think. Thinking is bad. Thinking logic is bad. Uh, I want my feelings. I want my feelings. And, you, and you're ready and you feel how dysfunctional that is and how dead end that is. Well, consider this a message from the other side. Those days are over if you choose for them to be. But you've got to be willing to take back your mind. And in a way... Honestly, to say take back implies that we had it. We never really had it. We had a kind of open, we had a kind of open a mind free from prejudice and bias and judgmentalness as children. But think about how quickly, think about how vicious children get and how quickly they get that way. So we don't have much of an experience in our lives free from, from that hypercritical, cutting, harsh lens that we all inherit. So we're really not taking back our mind. It's actually really upgrading to the real mind for the first time. But it doesn't, it's not to imply that you haven't already had encounters with it, is what I'm saying. Anything in your life that has been wonderful, has been beautiful, has felt healthy and good and right, is because you were tapping and beginning to tap and beginning to touch but a fragment of what's possible when you capacitate. In other words, gain the capacity, gain the skills, gain the literacy. Think of it like surfing. When you start, when you try to surf and you're a complete newcomer, you're getting pummeled all the time. You're falling off that board. You're getting whacked by the waves. You're getting pushed to the, the sea floor. You're, you're like, oh my God. And, and through that I thou dialogue with nature, you get wiser and wiser and wiser, and you gain the literacy of surfing in, a, in an embodied way. It's not body versus mind, it's a mind body literacy of dialogue with nature in the form of waves, water waves, right? And you learn that literacy. So you're surfing, you can surf the wave gracefully and effortlessly when you gain that skill. It's not that you're trying harder and harder and harder. You're actually trying less and less and less hard, right? And you can translate that same essence to really anything, you know, learning an instrument or becoming a dancer or whatever, whatever it is, you know, there is that, that gaining of literacy. And we think of literacy in terms of being able to read. I want you to think of the word literacy in a slightly deeper sense, meaning getting the code to to surf, whatever medium it is that you're surfing. So this is the ultimate version of that, to surf being, okay? That's what we are, that's what humans are. Human up is about gaining the literacy to surf being, which is bliss, which is just sexy aliveness and love and power in the sense of the power to, to dismiss all ill thought forms and ill forms of thinking, dismiss them, and free yourself from, from depression and from uh, self-deprecation and demoralization and low self-esteem issues. All that stuff are all symptomatic of the objectifying code. How are we supposed to have a high self-esteem if we feel like an object? And how are we going to stop feeling like an object if we don't know why 
we're feeling like an object. We're feeling like objects because we haven't turned on the lights of the logos that we have access to as humans to call out this age-old dysfunctional software that humans got programmed with along the way. And there's no need to point any fingers at some other you know, species or some other this that did it to us. We it, think of it much more as an evolutionary process, and we have been evolving and evolving and evolving through these stages of development of language, reason, thought, feelings, all of that. And we've come to this place where we really think we're super advanced because of our technology, and it really is impressive. Our technology is unbelievable, and it's incredible, but we're, we're not doing that. We think we're doing that, but there's something deeper guiding the whole thing. The same intelligence that guides all of evolution is guiding us to evolve our technology as well. So there's, a, there's an evolutionary impetus in, in reality that we are participating in, but taking credit for. And so we're all haughty and thinking we're, we're, we're on the, the top of the food chain. But meanwhile, we haven't crossed this, this next... Uh, uh, it's like an initiation for all of humanity to the to the next level of humanness. We've been touching it. We've been making great breakthroughs. There's countless examples through history and our wisdom stories and our great uh, you know stories of heroes, male and female through the ages who had the courage and audacity to stand out, be different, and move us forward. Now it's the time for all of us to do that right at home and to stop pointing the fingers at the government or the man or the woman or, you know, mom and dad or whatever it is uh, that you're complaining about and pointing your finger at and gaslighting. And, and when I say that you're gaslighting, don't take that as an offense. Take that as a liberation because you get to finally stop doing that because it wasn't helping you. It's not helping. Gaslighting the other is not helping. You, it's the ultimate news in the world to know that you can take back your mind without anyone having to consent to that. And that's what you were looking for this whole time. You were looking for being, which is peace, which is contentment, which is wholeness, which is healthiness, which is everything you've been looking for, but misdiagnosing your situation. Why? Because you're using that same old objectifying lens that tells you it's that, 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 and that. You can only point at it, right? We can't, we can't see it, right? Because it's always pointing. And we're always pointing at something else, and we don't know how to take responsibility the closest to home possible, which is the mind, the source mind, the original mind, the love mind, the feeling mind, if you must call it, that is superior to all the malfunctions and dysfunctions of our culture and our, and our, and our thinking hope you're getting the feeling of this. Take back the mind. Meaning, when I say take that back, it's not an arrogation. It's not a commandeering uh, from an ego place. It means, no, I will no longer let these thought forms that I inherited that said the mind was bad and that I had to stop thinking run my life and stop me from waking my mind up. I'm not going to allow that anymore. No. Take back your mind. Take it back now. Decide from this moment forth that you're not going to, to advocate for feelings against the mind because that is a bad move from an unhealthy level of thinking that is exactly the problem. You're, you're, you're painting yourself in a cor into a corner with that, with that move. And in that corner, your feelings shrink and shrivel. And so while you purport to be 
saving the feelings or being a, a champion for the feelings, you're actually doing the opposite. If you want the feelings, if you want to feel like you've never felt before, you want, to, you want the real big O, <laughs> open the mind, take back the mind. The mind, the real mind is the orgasm of all orgasms. The, the awakeness of awakeness, the liveliness of liveliness, the aliveness, the vitality we seek, the energy we seek. You don't, you don't have to now desperately buy all these supplements and omit all of these things from your diet and, and make sure you get this much of, of meditation and this much of exercise and burn this many calories and only get organic and uh, all that stuff is all bad medicine based on the very level of ill thinking that got us here to begin with. And it keeps on gaslighting, keeps on gaslighting. You want freedom? Stop gaslighting. Take responsibility, take back your mind. Thank you for listening.